0: To the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies and talk about them. Today's episode is a little bit different from the usual from the usual format. It's a bonus episode of sorts, but it's still got two bearded film fans um, presented it, which is lovely, obviously. Uh, so, my name is Ben Errington, and I'm joined by Jordan Graham, the writer and director, amongst many other things, of supernatural horror film Sator. Uh, which comes out on demand via 1091 Pictures on February the 9th in the US and February the 15th in the UK, which I think will be today if when this episode is going live. Uh, brief synopsis, secluded in a desolate forest, a broken family is observed by Sator, a supernatural entity who is attempting to claim them. Uh, welcome, Jordan. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me. Uh,
0: thanks very much for taking the time to join us on the podcast today. Uh, and many congratulations on Sater. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so a it's been a, <laughs> a long time coming. Yeah. So it's been a number of yeah. years, obviously, that since you filmed yeah. it and that, since it's been in seven. post-production. Yeah. So it's seven been seven three. years now. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty intense. How do you feel now that it's out there in the world and people are watching it?
2: I mean, it's definitely a relief. Um, but I like I, when I went to the film festivals, like it was... That was kind of like my like celebration, I guess, and finally getting it out there. But then after the film festivals, I was working on it again and it's just been like, I'm just ready for this thing to be done now. I'm ready to to get out there. And I'm a, I don't know, like it hits me sometimes. And then sometimes it doesn't. I think I'm just more really
0: relieved now that it's just, I don't have to edit anything else on this film. <laughs> so. so the film festivals was in 2019, is that correct?
2: and 2020 yeah it started in fantasia 2019 and then um and then my last one that i went to was uh i think it was Aberystwyth with or Ab- Ab- abattoir film festival in Aberystwyth with and that was i want to say that was 2020 um but maybe not anyways yeah <laughs>
0: exciting um, stuff uh so yeah just if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, your filmmaking background
2: Well, uh, my filmmaking background is just going out and doing it. I've been trying now for 21 years, a lot of trial and error, even with this film, a lot of trial and error. Um, I never, I was not educated with like formal education. Um, it's just going out, watching a lot of movies, uh, uh, getting into a lot of different filmmakers or a lot of different directors and, um, and then just trying to make it yourself basically uh
0: uh yeah who are, you, I mean, who are you who are your favorite filmmakers and favorite directors
2: oh man that whoa that's a, <laughs> that's a bit <laughs> but, like a i go
0: like, definitely go through like a lot of
2: uh like uh obsessions over certain directors and then i'll then they'll go away and i'll go and go to another one and i'll come back but i i love a. uh, uh Stanley Kubrick. I love David Lynch. I love uh, Panos, or not. Uh, well, I like him too. But uh, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, I like Asperno. I like Ari Aster. I like Robert Rodriguez. Um, I like Jonathan Glazer. Uh,
0: Paul Thomas were you, Anderson. Were you were you was, in a particular obsession with a particular director when you were shooting? When you were writing you know, this film? You know, when you you
2: know, with seven years making a film i went through quite a lot <laughs> and, yeah that. Uh, uh, it started off with um uh with with Seder, the in, the beginning inspirations was jeremy saulnier his uh, film blue ruin that uh that was a huge inspiration on uh wanting me to to put everything that i had into one film because that's what he did with his he like he remortgaged his house and he he um he was just very inspirational for me. And then another one is uh another director is Kerry Fukunaga. His first season the first season of True Detective was a major influence and uh like with the mood and how the characters speak, and then um I can't pronounce the director's last name. I should have looked it up. Uh and I think his first name's Davis. It's the guy that directed um uh Animal Kingdom and The Rover. Uh the Rover was a major yeah was a major influence on the quietness and that the atmosphere or atmosphere and uh so that was while that was before i was making a the movie then while making the movie uh jonathan glazer's uh under the skin was a big influence and nicholas uh, winding Refn's uh or um only god forgives which was, hu- was a huge influence and uh then in color then when it came in time for post-production uh, uh the witch uh robert eggers the witch like i already shot the film by the time the witch came out um but as far as like coloring the film uh that was i had screenshots of his film right next to mine so i can because i never colored a film before and so uh, and i liked his look so i tried um uh i used that as a reference um yeah. So I have, I have influences all, all over the
0: place. I think you can see a lot of them as well. Like I didn't, I'd read a lot about the film, read a lot about yourself. And mm-hmm. I didn't sort of see a lot of those directors and films mentioned, but now that you do mention it, you can see it. I saw Blue Ruin a long time ago, mm-hmm. but in terms of cinematography, I can definitely see, see some parallels there. And, uh,
2: well, definitely like the
0: first half hour of that movie
2: when it's like really quiet, like visually, like visually. I wasn't like super influenced, I guess, visually by the film. It was more I did like the the atmosphere that he was setting in the first half hour, um, but it was more about like he did a lot of the jobs himself on that, and and it was more the background of that movie that really influenced me more than more than the aesthetic. The aesthetics were of where the was like True Detective and The Rover uh, in the beginning um and then then i yeah and like stanley kubrick of course um and like david lynch like the very last shot of the movie is um is very much influenced by uh inland empire the rabbit section in inland empire um so uh yeah awesome. I, get, I get i get a lot of a lot of
0: inspirations so yeah yeah that's great man sounds sounds amazing uh so what was the initial inspiration for Sater and obviously I've read a lot about it and obviously you're going to give be able to give me some more information but how did your grandmother's real life experiences with that entity shape the making of the film because I know it wasn't something that was initially present when you started making the movie. No,
2: no she wasn't even supposed to be a part of the film at all. Uh, uh, budget restraints so I built the cabin and uh, I I wasn't expecting the cabin to look that good and I needed a a second location and uh i couldn't find anything that looked as good as that and so when i settled on my grandmother's house uh i was like oh this would be kind of a cool thing to get her into the film for like one cameo and uh it'd just be a quick thing and if i didn't like it then i won't put it in there and and um so i had i brought my friend um the actor, the actor of Pete, Michael, he's a friend of mine since I was 13 years old. I told him that like, you're going to meet my grandmother on camera. You're going to pretend to be the grandson. And I want you to talk about spirits because that'll probably just get her talking. And so, uh, she, uh, he came in there and started talking about spirits and she brought up randomly about the, uh, voices that are in her head and how she used to communicate with them through something called automatic writing. And I've never heard about that in my life and uh and she just decided to share it while we were shooting and so um after that I went home and did research into my family's history a little bit Uh, they didn't know very much because they were way too young I asked if they had any of those automatic writings and uh they said my grandmother burnt them all and so now it's just i was just trying to figure out how i love this idea of automatic writings and my uh my grandmother uh story into this film that would make it really unique and very personal so i was like now i'm going to pursue that but every time i shoot with my grandmother uh you never can predict what she's going to say and a lot of what she says doesn't work with the story i was trying to tell so i uh
0: um, I would so have absolutely. To say- uh, so, sorry, sorry. Uh, so absolutely none of what she said was scripted. No, it was all
2: <laughs> no that she believes everything that she says. Some of the things yeah. she says wasn't true. Uh, like she talks about how my grandfather died by going out into the grass and lay, laying down out in the grass, and he died of lung cancer. And I don't know where that came from into in her brain. Uh, but I use I was able to use that in my story. I it just every time I would, she would say something, I'd have to take another week long break and rewrite and figure out how I'm going to make it work into the film. And, uh, but then this was before Seder was even the the entity of Seder was even in the film. Uh, this was just about automatic writings and voices. And then when I was in post-production, uh, dementia got really, really bad for my grandmother and she had to, um, be put into a care home and we were cleaning out her, her house, uh, and I ended up finding two boxes. One was of all of her automatic writings, so all the ones that you see in the film, I didn't create. Those She, those were all hers. And wow. uh, and then the other box was a, a thousand-page journal that she wanted to have published uh, back in the day, back in 1968. And it and what it that journal is? It's it's a thousand pages, and it's only documenting three months of her life with Sater uh, of when she met him until she ended up in a psychiatric hospital because of it. And, uh, and it's such a, like, that's, it's a story that I would love to adapt one day, but I found this when I was already in post-production. So obviously I couldn't adapt it then. Um, and, but I was like, well, I have the real person that went through this and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to, I need to put Seder into this film somehow. So then I go to my grandmother, but it's like a race against time because dementia is starting to take over. So the first time I shot with her, I she talked all about Seder. So I got almost everything. But then like the third time I I went to her or fourth time, um, she didn't remember him at all, really. Like uh, it took okay. me 40 minutes of just filming her face <laughs> and asking who's Seder, who's Seder until she gets like uh, um, a sentence or two in there. So
0: mm. uh, that's quite, that's fascinating.
2: Yeah. So that's the the history
0: of it, um, and how it kind of came to be. Mm. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. so obviously we've already mentioned that you wrote, directed, scored, pretty much did everything on the movie over seven years. You mentioned building the cabin. Is set design and construction a passion of yours, or was that more of a budgetary need, would you say? Uh, uh, Well,
2: budgetary need, Not, I mean, again, I went into this knowing that I was going to do everything myself, but, uh, because I wanted to prove that I have something of value and I can do a good job in every single aspect. So hopefully the industry will want to, will recognize it and want to work with me. Um, but, uh, um, uh, yeah, no, the cabin was, I had one friend out there help me with the, with the framing to make sure it stayed up for, um, for a a couple months or sorry, a couple of years. Um sorry, my cat. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, um and uh but I it took me two months to build the cabin. So um no it was definitely like the fence uh the fence was being it was our fence and that was being that was falling down. So I ripped the fence apart and used that as the walls. My neighbor happened to um to uh be building a new deck in his house or at his house and he uh the day i started sh- the day i started building the cabin he was building a new deck so he gave me all the old all the old oh, wood and that's, what used. that's what i used for the floors a lot of the stuff was donated a lot of the materials were donated for the to the film and then um and then i decorated it with stuff i got from like the thrift stores and my grandmother's house but uh um yeah it was uh the roof was awful. Like the roof was just a bunch of particle board. And, and then the, like, right before we started shooting, it started raining and puddles built up. So the roof drooped down like this in the middle of the cabin. And so I had to go out there with, with like a, a hose to, to like drain it, drain it. And then after that, every single time I knew it was going to rain, I would have to put uh, these braces up on each, particle board so it wouldn't droop down and um yeah i mean it lasted it, I mean, the cabin stayed up for a couple of years so uh it got it, it started to look really lived in like the very first couple the first couple of weeks was really cool because it looked all brand new in this new cabin then it was definitely like uh spiders were were forming, like putting their <laughs> yeah. web in there because it was all open like the roof was pretty much open and uh so it was definitely, it started looking more lived in as we were going along, and um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So with all those roles you took on in this independent film, did you find that, like, was it ever overwhelming in terms of the amount of work you took on? Was it rewarding? Oh, yeah. or, and was it was this more <clears throat> of a choice from the from the get-go, or was it kind of just how it worked out? I guess it was a choice, wasn't it? As you it was
2: choice. Uh, oh, yeah, it was choice. There was a... Uh, I had three major reasons of why I did it. Well, two major reasons. Uh, one... Smaller reason is that uh, I uh, I don't like using people unless I have something to offer them. And since I had really no money, um, I wasn't going to do that. But that was a very small ma- reason of why I chose to do it for this film. Another one was that it's I've been trying to make films now for, or get noticed for 21 years now. And it was 14 years when I started this one. Um, and I wanted to do something as unique as I possibly could in the most unique way to kind of because so many films come out and they uh they get swept under the rug or and so i just i wanted to just do something that was is different i didn't care if it was commercial or not i just uh next films i'll worry about it being more commercial but this one i wanted to make something that was just as different as i could possibly make and again in the most unique way which is me doing it myself so that was one then the uh, the the deciding factor was me trying to get funding for this film i uh I tried doing a crowdfunding. I failed. And then I had a local filmmaker. I was, I was in a really low spot and local filmmakers came to me and they were like, we want to, uh, we want to give you advice on how to move forward. And I was like, yes, let's do it. Uh, I would love the advice. And this came from multiple different people. And I went and met up with them at different times and they uh, would uh, talk down to me. Their advice was talking down to me and tell me that you can't make a film unless you have a good, a film of quality, unless you have this and this and this. And, it's like, well, yeah, I would love to have that, but like, did my, I don't have funding. Obviously, my campaign failed, and this, uh, this is not what I want to hear. And you're kind of telling me that I'm not good enough to do this now. And so uh, then after that day, I was like, okay, if I ever get funding, um, I'm going to do this film myself to prove to them that, and to other filmmakers that you can make a film of quality without all the bells and whistles, and. Um, mm so uh yeah i still like i'm hoping it worked <laughs> but um i mean
0: uh, i think uh, i think it's it's undoubtable, undoubtedly worked um so it that that inspired you in a way that's perhaps they weren't trying to inspire you in that way and it's it kind of drove you even more so to to get mm-hmm. it made yeah yeah that's um,
2: good and then
3: uh yeah and you're saying like did it
1: real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Stress, like a lot to take on. Yeah, it was definitely, a when I was building the cabin is when I was free, like it took me so long to do the foundation that I was starting to freak out about all the jobs I had to do in the future. And that's when I decided it's like, okay, I'm gonna take this one step at a time, build the cabin, then we'll move on. <laughs> start shooting and i'll take the shooting one day at a time and then when we get into post production we'll worry about post production. i'll i'll worry uh, like post production was years of myself I, I was by myself i was complete isolation uh uh cut a lot cut a lot of my friends out because i just had to work on this film audio all the audio that you hear um yeah that was my-
0: one thing i was going to ask was about the sound design because i understand that you recorded everything yeah. Besides, well. my
2: gran- besides my grandmother speaking, uh, everything had to be done in a post production. So that's like every cloth and and every breath, uh, every, every little every little thing that you hear. And since it's a very quiet film, um, you hear every little thing. Mm. So uh, yeah, it took me a year and four months just to do that. Uh, so yeah, it was uh, the audio was audio audio drove me kind
0: of insane there for a little bit is that kind of your first experience really doing that as well oh uh, yeah
2: post-production yeah because i'm so used to uh not having mic like good microphones and and i would uh take audio from other sources and i want since i wanted this all to be mine i didn't want to use other sound libraries or anything like that so yeah i have never recorded anything like that before i've never mixed in 5.1 5.1 surround before uh if you watched the screener, that was stereo but this movie sounds pretty cool and uh and when you can hear things going all around your head yeah
0: um, and i noticed then... that i did notice that it sounds really good and obviously you said it's a very quiet film so those yeah. moments those moments mm-hmm. where the audio does really take center stage are really impactful
2: so yeah. uh yeah and then like i had to learn how to <clears throat> color, color the film i never color graded a film before so that took a thousand hours to color grade it and then um uh yeah it was definitely i there's a lot of learning as as i went along that i've never uh was stuff i've never
0: i'm assuming there's a lot of stuff you've learned now that you can just take forward into into your future projects well exactly like
2: i I never i will never make another film again by myself but having this knowledge now uh i will be able to help move things along faster with a team i feel like because i I kind of know you what could I just
0: would go, <clears throat> you could just go out the way I've done this before. Maybe.
2: <laughs> well, 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 not like that, but just like I can sit in a room with people and be, and be like, like yeah. we could work together on stuff. I'd like to be present. And mm. um, I don't, I, but I want to, I don't want to micromanage either. I want people to be able to do their jobs, mm. but uh, I feel like I can help move them along. And I've said this before, where like if, if someone gave me like a million dollar budget or $2 million budget before Seder, I, I wouldn't have been able to, um, I wasn't ready to make w- to make a film with something like that. Now uh, I feel like I'd be able to handle myself pretty well and and with that type of environment. So it's been—I mean, seven years is a long time to, yeah, it's a lot a lot
0: of time to learn and grow, and um, it's a lot uh, of time to dedicate to one thing as well, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and it wasn't supposed to take that long. I mean, was, I wanted it to be a three-year project uh, at mo- At the most, that three years. So, um, but.
0: Uh, but you know, it's been, it's been well-received. It's been well-received. It's had positive That's reviews. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so like, far. How, 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 how have you found that? How have you found that experience? Like putting something out into the world that you've been so close to for so long, you've kind of nurtured and let grow. And then you're releasing it into the world, releasing it into the wild. How oh, it's that feel? oh, it's nerve
2: Oh, it's like, uh, especially with the film from the beginning at the film festivals. Like, yeah, I had no idea how that was going to play out and how people would, feel about this this thing and and since this is all me it's not like a whole team like I, d- I don't put the blame on anybody else if something's wrong that's that's uh my fault uh i wouldn't put the blame on anybody else either but i'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> uh yeah so it's just like this is putting myself every little bit of my work and my personal story out there uh or my my family's personal stories like how how are uh, I don't know how people are going to react and knowing that this film is not the most commercial film out there. And it, like, it requires your attention and it has a, it's, it's got a slower pace to it. So it's definitely like, I don't, um, uh, I don't know. And then, and, but in the festival world, it's been well received. So that's been really, that's been really encouraging. Now the, uh, now the film is out there with the, the, um, the public to see, uh, and yeah i'm afraid of being like ripped the shreds on that one and i but i won't um i i try my hardest not to read reviews or or like i haven't like the trailers on on youtube and i won't i won't look at comments or anything like that uh oh really so, yeah no no i can i try just <laughs> that's, probably, as much that's as possible. probably like i love these things and uh but um yeah i definitely try to um, I don't want to get in my head or think that I yeah. did a horrible job or uh, and have like one mean comment just ruin my day or so. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I'm sure there won't be a lot of stuff like that. But yeah, if that's what you need to do, then definitely um, yeah. possibly avoid. I've the- already I've got, got
2: like some validation. I got some validation from people that I was never expecting to hear from um, that could actually get like films made. Uh, and, so I've already am like I just have to remember that like there are people that I know, um, that really like this film and I but just I need to remember that um,
0: so mm-hmm. I don't. To anybody anybody who'd given you that advice previously, who'd seen it or I suppose. Oh no, I
2: had I have I had no connections to the to the industry. <laughs> okay, okay. Before, before this film, so as soon as I got into a, uh, as soon as that Variety review released, then a whole bunch of people reached out to me um, from different parts of the industry and, and it was um, telling me that they liked it and they would want to meet with me. And um, so that was, that was a-
0: It's lovely. one. That's
2: awesome. It was, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, just a couple more questions regarding the actual content of the movie, which you haven't really yeah. gone into because obviously I don't want to spoil too much for anybody who might listen to this episode and then want to go check out the movie, uh, which of course we're going to link- um, in the show notes to the trailer. Um, and by, that, by the point, the, t- the time this episode comes out, it will be available in the UK and in the US. So we'll link all the relevant um, places you can watch it. Um, so in the moments of the film, we seem to tread a line of discussion between the influence of the supernatural and psychiatric illness. So what is your personal take on where these experiences meet? Um,
2: it's definitely a product of mental health to me. Um, like the super, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't think Seder is a real entity and that's just my personal belief. My, uh, family will, will argue that one. Um, and they argue within each other cause they, my aunt thinks Seder is Satan and my grandmother or my mom thinks Seder is a, a very nice, lovely being. And mm. so, um, that's far as the true story, uh, is as, far as the film uh that's left up to you guys um like uh i i'm leaning i'm leaning more uh mental health um mm. but, but uh yeah i leave it up to you intentionally like that so
0: yeah and uh that's the, probably why it works so well i think it's left up to the audience to make that decision yeah. obviously incredibly sad to hear uh, that your grandmother wasn't able to see the finished product she saw, a clip, sh- saw one okay. clip, and Personally it wasn't, was, was going to ask them.
2: Yeah. So she saw a clip of herself and, uh, she's, she looked at the clip and she's like, who's that old goat? And that was like, oh. <laughs> "No,
0: I did read that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That,
2: that was, uh, yeah. Um, and she saw, she saw a trailer, not the trailer, but she saw a trailer that I made a long time ago that I didn't put anywhere. Um, but yeah, she did get to see the film. So she would have been, I don't even know how she would have felt about it. Uh, she probably wouldn't even, I mean, if, if all of, I bet she would have enjoyed it if all of her, if her mind was completely there. Um, But yeah, it was a great, like I I really bonded with my grandmother over this experience. Our relationship was like I've been around my grandmother my entire life, but it wasn't as close as it was during, as it was during the making of this film. So that, that to me was really valuable. And yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but it was uh so what's next from you jordan do we uh, are you planning to make make a new movie or are you gonna if i can get people,
2: if i can get people to work to make them yeah i have a couple scripts i've written uh one is uh a really heavy f- subject matter which is about a uh influenced by the the child abductions that went on around belgium in the in the 90s uh okay. So uh, then I'm also, I'm currently writing um, a still dark, but not a dark subject matter. It's, a, it's a, a lot more fun film, I guess. And that one is about an impossibly long shipping container with a cosmic horror
0: type feel to it. Oh, wow. Uh, um, are, are, you so, st- are you staying um, entirely in the horror genre, would you say going forwards?
2: Yeah, but like more along the lines of like Killing of the Sacred Deer, Okay. And psychological. I'm trying to get as far as farther away from the the pop outs, and I like the creepiness more than uh, the stuff that is gonna make you jump. Um, so uh, there, are there's a few of that in Seder, but um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna. Uh, that's I lo- I love the, that genre. Um, hmm. So I'm gonna stay in there for definitely a while. Um, hmm. And then eventually uh, I would like to adapt my grandmother's story into a into another film but that'll be more of like a drama but that's years down the line I need to, to make a couple films away from Seder for a while
0: You've got so, a thousand pages worth of content yeah to, yeah uh, to, to work with Jordan uh, so where can our listeners find more about you or keep up to date with you with your new projects? Um, I mean, you can
2: find me on Instagram at Jordan Graham film. Uh, I don't post a whole lot, but um, I'll try to do it, be a little, do it a little bit more. Uh, and not I easy. guess, that's, I mean, I guess that's it at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I mean, you can go watch the film. I mean, that's, yeah, you can go watch the film film will be, I don't know where on a, in the UK, I know it's uh, coming out on Blu-ray and DVD at one point. Uh okay. But um, I don't know what streaming services you have out there. Um,
0: Uh, I'm not sure where it's streaming. So I'll I'll find out. And again, as I mentioned before, in the show notes, I'll put everything of where it's available. So if if you like the sound of it, um, and you should, because it's great. It's a really accomplished film. I really enjoyed it. Um, And it's been a pleasure talking to you, uh, Jordan. Um, So thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Kamen for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Please consider giving us a rating and a review and head over to the Facebook group Horror Hangout Board of Advisors for more. Uh, thanks very much, Jordan. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care, buddy.